0: What up guys, Scotty here back with another podcast. Today we're going to show you our Outdoorsman of the Week and he's going to give his story and then we're going to transition to our uh, public versus private and what we have to say about it and like sort of our steps to hunting it and what's what it's good for and what it's bad for, sort of some pros and cons.
1: And introducing our Outdoorsman of the Week, we have Jacob Shepach. He's been a longtime buddy of us throughout high school and prior to that we hunt and fish with him all the time and He recently caught a, caught a decent sized muskie. So let's hear from him and his story about that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um,
2: I've been hunting with these guys for a while now. Um, and then to talk about the muskie I caught this last week, um, it's my first muskie ever, and it's just on the Mastin chain here. Um, me and one of my friends went out to a spot we've been meaning to hit for a while and we got in there right away and had a follow come right up to the boat and it kind of spooked off, um, probably did a poor job going into my eight and Kind of blew that opportunity but we kept fishing around um not much action we came back on the same spot um a little different lure and probably my third cast back on that spot um i think it was the same fish followed it in and then he hit it on the eight and my friend brady was able to net it and we kind of went crazy It was the first muskie i'd ever caught i've been going after him for a while now so that was a really fun moment um it was 37 inches it's a good starting good starting point what was the lure you were using I was using a Lee Lures Boilmaker.
0: No, no. Oh yeah. yeah, sweet. Well, congrats, and uh, so let's get into our public versus private. So, uh, I'd say me and Shoup probably hunt a little bit more public, and these guys hunt a little bit more private. Um, it's two and two, which is a, uh, which is equally, and so it's usually me and Shoup hunting together on some pieces of public that we scout out during the summer, and then it's Giovanni and. Usually hunting one of their private lands. Uh we both like hunting private and public. We don't have anything against any of that. But so uh would you guys have any tips for hunting private? Would you say?
1: Um, I'll start off with private. So for private, I grew up um hunting deer and for hunting private when you get permission on it is really just mapping out, you know, the activity of the deer you got. You know, you got trail cameras up. You know, you can get food plots out there and stuff like that, trying to get them into certain areas and whatnot. And then really hunting those, you know, high kind of pressure areas with a lot of trails, a lot of signs and things like that, you know, setting yourself up for success. But then also on on top of that is you don't want to pressure it too much and you don't want to, you know, go in there and cut way too many trees down and all that stuff and make it not, you know, habitable and mess up the habitat of the deer because that'll just push them out of there.
3: Um, for me, so I'm like a new hunter. I started hunting like two years ago and I only hunt on private cause I don't really know much about public land around here. Cause I got on X and I've been like trying to figure out which private or public land I should go on. But, um, so for Turkey season, um, actually went really well for the first time. Um, so I like just went on on X and checked out like where, They would be roosting, and um, so I located them one night trying to see where they were in the trees and um, trying to roost, so then the next morning I can try to figure out where they're going to go or, like, come off the roost, and so mostly it's just, like, figuring out the land, walk it, just try to figure out where to sit, where to put blinds, and, like, where to put the trail cams, and uh, it went pretty well, so. And uh, another, like, a pro for private, I, like... Uh, when you're able
0: to set up stands or blinds beforehand, it's very nice because then you, uh, they sort of get used to it throughout the whole year. That's not something irregular that they see. Like let's say you're going into public in the morning and you're you're making quite a bit of noise setting up your stand and stuff, and then they might be able to see a blind in a field or anything like that. But if you have it out beforehand, that's sort of a just an advantage you have that you can just go quietly in the morning and climb up your stand pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's the biggest advantage of being on private. I've hunted a little bit of private before when I was younger, and being able to go in and just climb right up your stand without making any noise, saves you a lot of weight on your back, not carrying any tree stands. Um, that's very nice. It allows you to just be a little more quiet, sneaky, especially deer hunting. Um, although one pro being on public and you are carrying stands in every day is it allows you to be a lot more mobile. It's not like I kind of got to go to this spot because my stand's there. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of move around to what the deer are doing or what you're seeing, which is very nice and something i have really
0: enjoyed with. yeah play. and almost like on on private you're hunting it from usually more than a year and so you you have a lot of freedom with where you can put up your stands but then once that stand is up and you let's say the deer are in some place else you don't really want to move it uh mid-season, mid-season just because that can throw everything off but the nice thing about public is you don't have to really worry about that you can sort of just move your stand you can go after them stalk them it's a lot easier to do on public land i'd say than private just because it's almost the fact that you just don't want to spook anything because right. you only it's not like you only have a limited amount of deer or whatever animal you're hunting but you also don't want to lose any of those because there's surrounding properties that they
1: can go to exactly with that you know putting pressure on private land like i was talking about before it's just you only have a certain amount of private land versus public land you can go I mean, public land, there's stuff everywhere. It's multiple miles and miles in acreage and of that stuff versus private land, where if you're putting pressure on a certain amount of woods, I mean, they're not going to stay there if they feel pressure and they don't feel safe. So, yeah, 100%. Like with with, um, public,
2: it kind of allows you to be a lot more aggressive too, because you know, you can go make a play on a buck, you know, make a move. And if it blows up, if you spook them, well, the next day you can drive down the road to a new spot. It's kind of nice. You may not know that spot very well. Unlike on um, private, you're gonna know all your areas very well, but you don't want to bump your deer out. It's yeah. Kind of a...
0: And I'd say almost for private, you you learn the deer a little bit better. I'd say mm-hmm. unless you're hunting like a public spot a lot, then you start to get to know them. But private, you're hunting them for multiple years at a time. You know where they're gonna be. You know where they're gonna bed. You know where they're eating, and uh, that's probably an advantage too. Just knowing which direction they're gonna come from because hunting yeah. public, uh, you sometimes have like, let's say a marsh to the right, another marsh to the left, and then two cornfields. And you don't know what, where they're going to come from. Cause you really haven't hunted it that much and seen many deer, but you see the sign. So.
1: Right. And also, also with private land is you can manage your game a lot more. You know, you go into public land and you see a six pointer or something like that. You'll see it that day, but then the next day, you know, someone might shoot that. Whereas if you're on private land and you're seeing some you know, smaller bucks, maybe that you don't want to shoot, you can always, you'll pass them up and you'll let them wait for, you know, a bigger eight or, you know, a nice 10 or whatever, you know, you'll, you can wait for that. And you can make those decisions on, on private land, because you know, you ha- they have that safe space. And, you know, you can talk with the other people on your land and stuff like that, that, all right, we're going to let these ones grow a little bit longer a year or two more or whatever versus public. I mean, you can't tell everybody going to the public land to not shoot, you know, six and below or whatever, whatever you're, you know, kind of uh, thing is you can't manage the other people on public land yeah going a little bit
2: you like you were saying you kind of know where the deer are going to come from a little bit more on public land you might start to kind of learn them a little bit but that doesn't mean the next day a guy doesn't do a deer drive right through that bedding area and they're bounced out of there that's yep. what can make it really difficult you start to learn them but you can't control what the other people do exactly you can't manage your deer those are definitely the cons
3: yeah mm-hmm. for sure
1: um one thing a question is do you think that um different species i'll direct this towards geo but do you think different species are you know is if, how different is it going from species to species on private versus public land like you um, know, duck hunting versus deer hunting so on public
3: it's going to be like everybody's going to be there like opening day i know grand river is just crazy you just here every <laughs> single place and you won't like see any ducks that day but um, I think it's much easier, like for goose, um, like you can go to cornfields and that's like private. So that's going to be really good. But, um, yeah. It's, yeah. I'll sort of piggyback off that. I think deer hunting is probably like the,
0: they have the, they're farthest apart and similarities. I think deer hunting in public land, deer hunting private is just sort of almost two different things. But then duck hunting is also the same way just because. Duck hunting, <clears throat> I'd almost have to disagree with Gio when he says there's not going to be many birds. Uh, the Grand River is almost like it's one of the best spots in Wisconsin for it. And there's so many birds around that area that there are so many people can hunt it. And there will still be so many ducks around. That's why public land is just that's why a lot of du- almost every duck hunter hunts public land is just because of that reason. And uh, <clears throat> let's say you're hunting private and. Um, You got like 50 acres. You're not going to have a huge pond and you're not going to, you have ducks in it for sure, but you won't have like that, these new migratory birds that are coming in like throughout the whole season, like a ton that you would have at a huge marsh or something like, Uh, so it's it's sort of tough to hunt. You can hunt it a, you can hunt it a few times during the season without having anything, but if you continue to hunt it like three times a week, you're going to overpressure and the birds are going to
1: leave out of that area. For sure. And going back to uh, a time where me, Walters, and Shoup decided to go three hours up north for the uh, northern zone. Northern zone here in Wisconsin opens up before the southern zone, so we decided to make a make a early morning road trip all the way up north and kind of throw a shot up in the dark with our uh, finding a spot. And we found a spot, and I mean, we got in there. We hiked for you know a little bit, and then we got there, and. Um, we hunted it and we knew there was a lot of hunters around us, obviously. I mean, opening day is just such an exciting thing for everyone. And um, I mean, but we had birds buzzing by us. We had, you know, I think we shot a couple birds that day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had birds flying all the time. I mean, gunshots all around the property and, you know, this public land. And didn't your dad's buddy say, how many cars did they count on opening day on this piece of property we were at? Didn't he really? say, like, over. 500, 500 to seven hundred, or something. I like think that. it was
0: eight hundred vehicles he found.
1: Eight hundred vehicles that the DNR counted on this one. I mean, it was a huge public land piece of property we were at, but but still, I mean, eight hundred different cars hunting, relatively in the same area. I mean, you yeah, got it's
0: a it's a huge property up north, but yeah. it's it's world renowned too. Again, one of those properties that's just so big you can find so many spots to hunt, but they even have some spots marked off to, that you can't hunt which makes it a little tough but they were shooting from 6 a.m till 12 yeah, just non-stop it did not
2: stop yeah i want to talk quickly about grand river because for i think it's the opening day of teal season i went up there and it was the circus like there were cars everywhere just trying to get through there you're passing hunters and it it was an experience i probably won't do it again but there were ducks everywhere just everywhere um so, I mean, you got your shot opportunities, but so did everybody else. Um, yeah. And after a couple hours, you'd still see the ducks, but they were way up. They learned pretty quickly on opening day, they were pretty high. um, But you did get your opportunities. And what's cool about duck hunting is you can come back there, even though there are shots all day that day. You can come back in two weeks, and you'll just have a whole new group of birds in there. They all migrated. That's probably the best thing about ducks. Yeah. You can kind of pressure them because. Once your local birds are gone, it's going to be replaced by migrators.
0: And then also, like, you went to Grand River opening day, and then I think we went two days later during turtle se- teal season up to another piece of public that's a little bit more small. Um, and uh, we went in there with probably expecting, like, two cars, and there was none, and we ended up having a really good day out there. So that was, that was pretty fun to see. And then we hunted that probably, like, three or four times this year, and there usually, hardly was, there's one car one time we ended up hunting with the guy. So uh, do we want to give any uh, tips on how to hunt public land for deer, let's sure. say, or deer turkey, just sort of like a big game?
2: Um, I think the first tip that I'm going to say for deer is get away from the other hunters. If you're on a safe property with a lot of hunters in the parking lot, I'll walk them, get away from them, and you'll probably start finding a better sign.
0: Yeah. Uh, something I learned this year is sort of like, don't overlook something. Um, you're driving on the road and you see like, it might not look good, but you know, you, you always just want to walk around and look for a sign just cause signs going to show you where the deer are. And you always just want to follow your sign, but then you also have to know the property. Um, you got to make sure there's food. You got to make sure there's water. You got to make sure there's bedding. And if you got those three things, you're going to find deer. So you just got to make sure you have those three things. And, also, what she was saying, you can't have it too populated just because a lot of boot traffic is going to cause the deer to run away farther or run into a private land, so you don't want that.
2: I mean, there's a lot of the horror stories of people walking by you on opening day and people walking down your stands. And, I mean, I've had it happen. I think we all probably have, but yeah. don't let that like intimidate you from actually going out on public land. Most days, it's not like that. Every now and then, you'll have a <clears> bad experience, but just... Just keep going for it. Don't use the crowds as an excuse not to hunt. If that's, that's you. your opportunity to hunt, you still go for
3: it. And then, um, so we're going to talk about goose hunting and how in Wisconsin, we um, mostly just have to hunt on private land. We got to go in fields and um, just go around like our area and ask farmers for p- permission because um, these guys actually go hunting in North Dakota. And um, so Polly can actually get into that, but, in Wisconsin, we just got to ask all the farmers and we got to respect their land and stuff like that. But
1: yeah, for sure. So obviously we've had a good connection through my brother and through, you know, our friends and stuff like that. We have quite a bit of goose hunting land, cornfields and land. And one of the big thing about that hunting on that private land, obviously just, you know, communicating with the farmers because you don't want to interfere with they're farming because one time last year I was on their land hunting and um, a combine came out and started tilling the field on the other side while we we're goose hunting and we actually ended up shooting 10 geese that day but it's just you know communicating with them and letting them know where you're going to be and letting them know and them telling you where they don't want you to be in certain situations like that and then <clears throat> adding on to that about the North Dakota like Gio was talking about Um, in every state's different. So in North Dakota, if something, if land isn't posted, so if it doesn't say no hunting or anything, you can legally go on it and hunt it. So another big thing there, Walton, and shoot can baggy pack. Oh, wow. Backpack onto this. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. is just about being the first ones there. Cause obviously at that point it's, it's first come first serve in that situation where if someone beats you to the field that you're planning on hunting, then you're kind of out of luck.
0: Yeah, I, I remember hunting uh, North Dakota last fall, and it was just so nice getting, because uh, we actually found posted land, and uh, we ended up getting the access to that, and now was amazing, because not many people in North Dakota do that, they just look for the, they drive down the road, and they see a lot of geese and ducks out there, and then they, they look for the posted sign, and if it's not there, they're going to go out and shoot them, so it's a completely different world out there, where you can just, there's so many cornfields and stuff, you just you can drive for miles and miles and just find birds in every single field and just wait for the one that has no posted sign on it. So,
2: yeah, but if you can find, if you can manage to get permission out there, it's probably even more. It's probably even better than finding permission here, just because mm. it, everybody looks past it. So yeah. suddenly, those can kind of become hotbeds for dogs and
3: geese. Yeah, for sure.
0: So yeah, uh, I think that'll wrap up our this episode this week. We were joined by Shoop, who is our Outdoorsman of the Week. Next week we'll have another one. And uh, we'll leak the topic for next week's uh, podcast and the Instagram post this week, so stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoyed and comment any ideas you guys have.